from the visionary minds of the guys who brought you the hit series, Reboot, comes movies we were way too young to see. A podcast series that is exactly what it sounds like. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Movies We Were Way Too Young to See. A look at some of the most influential films we grew up watching, regardless of parental approval. I am your co-host, Mowgli, and sitting next to me, as always, the man, the myth, the Malv. Welcome back, everybody. It's been too long. What's, what's up, then, Malv? What, what's new? Oh, I'm still watching movies, you know. Yeah, uh, aliens are here. Aliens I don't know if you know that, right? <laughs> Who's creaming harder right now, Joe Rogan or Tom DeLonge? <laughs> it's got to be my boy, Tom DeLonge, bro. I know, right? I'm validated. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Aliens do exist. Hey, shout out. They do exist. Shout out to Jalf. Shout out to Jeremy. If he's listening, aliens do exist. That was one of the coolest concerts yeah. we've been to. Well, 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 well. well. We too many side quests. Too many side quests. Well, without further ado, it's time to get into the movie we were way too young to see for the week. One that gave an entirely new meaning of what Scotty actually doesn't know. So bad. <laughs> we're talking about the 2004 comedy Euro Trip. Classic, guys. Classic. This was probably the first movie we all saw together as a group, like as our group of friends, yes? Yeah, well, let's give our fans like a little bit backstory. You know, we grew up together. We have a group of like 10 plus really close friends and like our whole lives through middle school, we would always go to the, our thing was That's the our Friday, Friday mm-hmm. after school tradition. We weren't of age, so we would buy a fake ticket and <laughs> sneak into this one. And this was one of the first ones I, you know, I slightly remember like all of us going to. I, we were know? 11 deep. We were 11 deep. Everyone was there. I think you got served. I just come out around this same time. <laughs> I know like, you wanted to see that. I, I did, know. though. I did. <laughs> no, come on stop. now. Lil Saint? Are you kidding stop, me? R.I.P. Lil Saint. Oh, my God. I forget about you. Omarion? Mario? Is that, that who it is? Mario? Omarion, no. I think. Omarion yeah. and Chris Brown. No, that's Stomp the Yard. Okay, okay. We're getting too distracted. Yes, it came out around this time. You got served, did. We bought tickets for You Got Served. We carefully snuck into Eurotrip, and we had a blast watching it. Let's go to the log line. Dumped by his girlfriend, a high school grad decides to embark on an overseas adventure in Europe with his friends. So that's what the movie is. Mm. It released February 20th, 2004. So we were in eighth grade. I was 13, about to be 14. I think most of us were. Same, yeah. And that, too, like we were talking about, like, you know, going to the movies. This was definitely, we saw this the day of. That was our thing. We, <laughs> we were all, talking yeah, about it we in all, school. We were always, talking about it in yeah. school. Always. We always made sure every Friday to go see the movie that just popped, you know. And I know for sure this was one. Because after seeing the commercial, like, which 13-year-old wouldn't want to see, like, this raunchy, you know, comedy? Especially this is coming after, like, American Pie. Um, what other films? Road were there? Trip. Road Trip. Old the first School. One. Old School. Yeah, this is from the producers. This, this kind of follows school. that same raunchy. A frat pack, remember? That's what they used to call oh, them. Like, that's that's what they the were kind called? of genre of it, you know? Like, yeah, the frat pack. That's a really cool name. And uh, let's go ahead and do the cast and crew, yeah? Yeah. This was actually directed by three different gentlemen. Side quest. We've got ourselves a side quest. It's actually not directed by three people officially. Oh, I see it here. Yeah, yeah, Uncredited. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, so, yes. I'm on IMDb. You know, the Directors Guild, they have a thing about putting multiple directors, but um, I have the DVD of this, and I was watching the behind the scenes. Look at you. You had the DVD. You're you pulling know, out a relic. Yeah, come on. You know. <laughs> These <laughs> listeners don't know what a DVD is, man. <laughs> I got it. We have a VHS in the studio. Studio <laughs> G. <laughs> we got it in Studio G. But, you know, going to the back is like, and the way they picked it, because the, you know, the DAG won't let you pick DGA. it. DGA won't let you pick you know, multiple directors on it unless, you know, some crazy shit happens like the whole Zack Snyder thing. But the way they chose it is they essentially just put like numbers in a cup oh. and each person <laughs> picked a number 
And, you know, whoever pulled the number that came out or was closest to that one, they were the director of the movie. So Jeff Shaper won the award. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, as far as the cast goes, playing Scott Thomas, a gentleman named Scott Melkovich, playing Cooper Harris, who I feel like was the star of the film. Oh, yeah, super yeah. Super funny. He was the sidekick to Scott. Uh, Jacob Pitts as Fiona, Kristen Kruk. As Jamie, one of the twins, Travis Wester. Whoa, 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 Mowgli. I okay. think you finally got your IMDb wrong. That was Travis Wester. I'm looking up right here. That was Travis Wester. No, that was clearly Ben Shapiro in his breakout role. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you really went there. I love it. I love it. It does look like Ben Shapiro. That's all I can think of. <laughs> yeah. And then rounding out the cast, Michelle Tranchenberg Ooh. as Jenny, a.k.a. Harriet the Spy. Love her. Oh, my gosh. That was one of my favorite movies growing yeah, yeah. up. I loved Sport and the other Janie. Janie, yeah. And then Harriet and Rosie O'Donnell was there. Oh, I forgot. Wow, I didn't know at the time, but Matt Damon is in this. Oh, Matt Damon <laughs> plays the gentleman named Donnie, and that is who Fiona is cheating on with Scotty. He's the one who makes Scotty doesn't know. Right. And he's like the main one, like one of the biggest stars in the world and one of the best cameos ever. No, seriously. It was. I had no idea that was Matt Damon until after when the credits were rolling. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was like his bald head he was, was bald. just out there. You had, a, you had a cool little side quest about yeah, that, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So, like, a Matt Damon cameo is actually, like, a surprise one to, like, everybody. So he was he was filming the Brothers Grimm at the same time Euro Trip was being filmed on location. I think it was somewhere in Prague or something like that in Europe. You know, somehow they had connections in there, and they asked him, and he's like, yo, I'm kind of down. And they said they literally had from 1045 at night until the sun came up at 345 so um, they only so had what, like half, four and a half hours of Matt Damon's time. That's all they to needed. Recorded that. And that, but to think about it, four and a half hours, and that's one of the main things you still remember from the movie, bro. Good shit. Good detective work. Detective <laughs> Malv. Research. Yes. <laughs> Research Malvo. <laughs> Another actor I forgot to mention as part of the cast and crew, Jeffrey Tambor. Oh, my He's God. He's in yeah, this yeah, movie. Yeah, he has like, some funny-ass <laughs> little, little cameo, him. like one-timers, one-liners. Yeah, so that was the cast. That was the crew. Let's go ahead and talk about the details that stick out to us the most. Uh, we saw it originally when we were in eighth grade. We saw it again for this episode, and... The main thing for me was the classic quotes. There's so it's many classic Still quotes. Still to this day, I say a lot of the stupid shit. Yeah, right? <laughs> Go ahead and list some of them. Scoozy is my number one. I can't. I, I, to this day. I, I know do, we're going to talk well. about it later, but for sure, that's one of them. This isn't where I parked my car. Another. Cooper was so funny in this. Great chemistry with Scotty. Just great comedic vibe. Another little funny classic quote was when Scotty gets email from Mika. Oh, yes. And Mika is his pen pal from Germany. Every time he gets an email, it was like a Mr. T little bit, right? Yeah. Mail, Mail, motherfucker. <laughs> I love that. We yeah. still say that. Yeah, right? one of our friends, I remember that. Like, that would be his ringtone. Like, it was just mail, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we brushed over the party scene and everything. I know we talked oh, yeah, about yeah. Scotty Doesn't Know, but that's where actually Scotty Doesn't Know comes into the movie. So Matt Damon's band is playing, and Fiona comes in. Happy anniversary, Fiona. He makes out with her, and then they sing the song, Scotty Doesn't yeah. Know That Fiona and Me. Take the PSAT. Yes, <laughs> Oh, if only they were that pure. But no, they do it in their van every Sunday morning. Naughty, naughty. It was catchy from then. Right. I liked it. Everything. It It was sick, dude. I was like, yeah, this is a catchy tune. And I loved it in the movie. They kept playing it, you know, at random spots, you know. So that's what helped, like, just ingrain it in your brain till today. The song kept on getting bigger. Yeah. Like, I remember they had, like, a European trad dance mix. We got to put that in. And then he had the ringtone, Coop. That was his ringtone. So after Scotty and Mika talk, Scotty tells Mika, yo, Fiona cheated on me. And Scotty at the time, 
he thinks this is still a guy, and he's yeah. kind of weirded out and creeped out by it. So he writes this email drunkenly, drunkenly, yes, the best kind of the, e- <laughs> the best kind of emails, letters, or text. They're from the heart, right? <laughs> so you know, there's a point there. Uh, and he's like, "No, get away from me! You're a weirdo freak. Don't come to the U.S. I don't love you." And he doesn't know that it's a woman. He's like, I will block you, and I will never follow you anymore. Well, what I love is his little brother is the one who actually corrects him. He's like, yo, Mika is actually a girl's name in Germany, you idiot. Yeah. You know? like, and I love that little boy was funny. He had so many good lines. Little Bert. Neil Ishkahov. That's little Bert's name. Okay. He was too good. Scotty realizes that he goofed. Mika is a woman, and she's very attractive, and he's in love with her. So he gets his way to Europe. One more thing before we venture on into the plot. Couldn't this entire trip have been avoided if he had just sent Mika another email from a separate account? Damn it, Mowgli. Just suspend your disbelief, bro. Okay, what the okay. hell is wrong with you, all right? <laughs> all right, this, this is not a plot hole show. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mowgli didn't know. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, going back to the actual film. They make it to Europe, and Mika is in Berlin. But they're in London. And they meet the soccer hooligans, the Manchester oh, yes. United dudes. Another cameo. Oh, man. Who is that dude? Vinny Jones, bro. Was Tell that a sarcastic more. question? Yes. I, I knew you were the right host, bro. Vinny Jones. Yes. Come on. Tell us Mad more. Mad respect. Guy Ritchie. All his movies, his earlier good UK movies. icon, dude. Yeah. Just a, Fucking a, lock, stock, smoking barrels. Uh, what else is he in? Snatch. Um, I think he was in Gone in 60 Seconds. He, he was, was in, the dude who didn't talk. He was Juggernaut as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Juggernaut, bitch. Telling me I don't know my stuff. I'm testing you on live TV. Live radio, I mean. We're doing it live. I can make mistakes. Okay, okay. So, yeah, he's there. He plays this freaking just like a intimidating bully. But at the same time, he's like, oh, you guys are Manchester United fans. Come on. Let's get yeah. wasted. And they get so wasted, they end up in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another iconic scene, you know. It was like, a robot scene. No, but, like, that's another piece of the movie, too. Like, I haven't seen this movie, like, a decade plus for sure, you know, because when I took my DVD out, it was fucking dusty. <laughs> but, but no, Memories. like, right when that came on, I was like, yes, even now it's still funny. You know, like, it's just slapstick humor that just works you know and the best to me is the kicker is like scotty who's mimicking you know the frenchman the frenchman robot like he's now getting tips you know like all his moves Le robot francaise <laughs> moving on after that jenny actually meets her dream french dude she's talking about meeting a french dude and she meets him should she have gone right there i would have you would have you i know, know you would have <laughs> i want to go alcohol he's in <laughs> But alas, she doesn't. She doesn't. They make it to the train. They're on their way to Berlin. And that's where one of the favorite Koozies. Malv, go ahead. Take the lead. Oh, this is one of my favorites. I still quote this to this day. Like, I don't... It stuck (laughs) to me from then. I just thought this bit was hilarious. Like, Mowgli, you're better with the words. Just describe the scene, and then I'll just keep talking about it. Basically, it's just... Fred Armisen as this weird, he's, he's a French dude, right? A French or Italian. Like French, it, Italian, unknown. Europe, he's, an, he's a European. He's a young John Waters, I would say. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's how I describe him. Yeah, you know? kind of very, very frisky. He enters their little cabin. On a train. On the train, and he's kind of just like, each time they go through a dark tunnel, he gets friskier and friskier with all the people in the little train cart. So, and so that's where the comedy just keeps adding more and more. You know, at first it's like his hand on Jamie's like knee, you yeah, know? Yeah. And like, you know, we've all been in that, like, oh, you know, and he goes, excuse me, excuse me, you know, like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, my bad, my bad. Yeah. You know, and like the gag just keeps continuing another tunnel, you know, and it's just like everybody runs away from that side and it's just poor young Jamie by himself with, you know, <laughs> Fred Harmison. And his clothes. Yeah. 
slowly start coming off. off the kicker you know they go through it's like we're going through a long tunnel this time <laughs> you know and you just see the face of horror i love and it. i love the kicker at the end like fred armerson is naked smoking a cigarette you know he spreads like, his legs yeah, a, la, yeah. a la uh basic instinct right? yeah you know and like that's just so funny like even today that's just comedy gold like the bits work fred armerson i didn't even know who that was back then same and like watching this over again it's like fuck dude you were you've been that good You've been putting so, in work, you dude. Know? You've been putting in work. And I got another fact, too. You know, I actually did research. That's what happens when you buy the physical copy of stuff. You know, right. you get extras. Netflix <laughs> well, okay. can't do that, bro. Well, this, I guess they cast uh, Fred Armisen the day before he had to shoot. Wow. Yeah, so another one, I guess, in Prague. I don't know what the fuck's happening there. Fred Armisen was also there, you know. When in Prague. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, they just said, like, they're lucky the suit they fit. Because I guess, you know, their budget was so low. Like, they, they're glad Fred Armisen was small enough to fit his suit, and they're just uh, saying pretty much that they couldn't laugh. It took them four or five takes just to actually oh, have I could everybody tell. calm down. It's you know? a very outrageous scene. No, it seems scene. fun. It mm-hmm. is, and it's just Fred Armisen. You know how it is, like, when you're it, with anybody, you know? Yeah. It's Goosey. It's Goosey. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I hear Mario. <laughs> Moving on. The nude beach scene. Oh, my wow, God. Wow, so many dicks. <laughs> Am I right? Uh, no, no, for sure, for sure. That, like, kind of scared me to go to nude beaches. Like, it made sense. But I, <laughs> you know? I, I wasn't even looking at it through that spot. I, rewatching it now, mm. I'm looking at it more from the crew and the logistics side. So I'm like, imagine prepping for, like, all those naked dudes, all the background, just like, <laughs> yes, Mal. I got a side quest. Side quest. What's Another up? one. <laughs> Man, this DVD was full of extra features. But uh, this scene I thought was crazy because they were intentionally only going to film them from behind and only show the asses. And that was pretty funny. That's comedy gold itself, getting 50 naked butts, you know. And then one of the writers just had the idea. He said he just popped. He's like, yo, why don't we just film these guys for the front? Like, what, can we? And they were just talking about how all these people were from Europe and they were actually, like, very comfortable being naked and they seriously just asked, like, yo, can we film you guys from the front chasing them? And pretty much they said everybody was down. They're like, yeah. So, like, you know? And wow. that's what made it comedy gold, too. You know, it's like, yeah, one dick is pretty shocking. You know, they usually don't even allow that in one movie. But 50, you know? And one, one of them I loved is the random Asian dude who comes out. He just goes, bitches! <laughs> like, I love that. Like, <laughs> it just makes me laugh, you know? Oh, my goodness. I had no idea about that. Yeah, so listen to the commentary. Always. (laughs) Always. Okay, after that, though, they finally make it to Amsterdam. And this is probably one of the cooler scenes. Oh, yeah. At the time, it's when Cooper, he's finally going to fulfill all of his sexual deviancies because as as eighth graders, as 13-year-olds, Amsterdam, red light district. Still today, I'm like that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. He goes to Club Vandersex. And I just wanted to mention this real quick. Say it right. Vandersex. Okay, I'm sorry. Club (laughs) Vandersex. I love when Coop always says, this isn't where I park my car. This isn't where I park my car. When he gets in there, what does he say? This, this is, is where I parked park my car. car. You shouldn't have parked it there. Fuck no. <laughs> they parked a car in him. <laughs> How cool would that t-shirt have been like as merchandise to drop it then? I want it. Yeah, right? I want it. <laughs> it would have been so cool. But I want to earn the shirt. I just don't want to give it to me. Oh, shit. You want to earn it with <laughs> Lucy been, Lawless? I've I had no idea it was her yeah, either. Yeah, so... Oh, my God, she's so beautiful still. But, like, yeah, she does another great cameo. Like, this movie just has random cameos, like, legends. If you don't know who Lucy Lawless is, <laughs> Xena, warrior princess. That shit was hard as hell. hell yeah. yeah. There yeah. should be a game, like a God of War game. Oh, with, with a Xena? Because her fucking blade. Hey, that'd be, that'd be a sick hey, ass I got it. I made it. That's mine. Right. Intellectual <laughs> property stamp. We have the brownie incidents between Scotty 
and Jenny, mm. where they think they're taking special weed brownies and they're tripping out, right? <laughs> yeah. But it, what is it? It's just regular brownies. <laughs> they're, just fucking, <laughs> they're just idiots. idiots. Stupid American. <laughs> Stupid white boy. What did he say? The Rastafarian? Put your shirt back on, yeah. white boy. That was from the commercial, too. Oh, see, it's like lines like that. Like, you know, just get those, like, memories. Yeah, like, you know, see, like all the classic back. quotes. I love it. The final journey that we have is Jamie. He goes to drop off his camera to go get it, like, repaired or fixed. And then the... Oh, yeah, camera technicians are the horniest. You speak from experience, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but, like, yeah, no, that I loved it. That's how it goes. He gets robbed, if you guys remember. And, like, he's getting a blowjob mid-robbery. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's yes, another yes, comedy yes. goal. Like, that's raunchy good comedy, you know? Like, he here's a guy who is, like, so safe. He has, like, one of those... Uh, travel packs on his body so nobody steals from him, pickpocketers. Yes. It's like, here, take my stuff. This is too fun. Yes, like, he sacrifices the money, the, the finances for everything for women. When in Rome. But when, what, in, when in Amsterdam. When, when in Amsterdam, yes. So after Jamie loses all their money, they meet up the next day, and they're like, what are we going to do? So they meet this truck driver, and yeah. I love it. It's like he's speaking German, and everything he's saying is just like, we're going nowhere near Berlin. Yeah, we're going to Berlin. And they just end up in the truck, and they end up in Bratislava. Oh, I need to go. I had no idea where Bratislava was, so I looked it up. It's actually a country in Slovakia. They gather up all their money. They have like a dollar, less than two dollars, yeah, right? Dollar twenty-seven, something yeah. random. And like, what the fuck are we going to do with this? <laughs> yeah. And then it cuts to like the fanciest... <laughs> location ever restaurant yeah. and i love that bit that's oh, one of my it's favorite. so good it's one of the best sequences ever like and it's true though like if anybody's ever traveled to like a true third world country like your money goes a lot a long way but like this is like to dramatic comedic effects yes you know like a dollar 27 and they're living like kings they're smoking cigars they're in gold rooms they they come with plates full of food while they're starving on their rest of their euro trip you know like this, this is just so the biggest, funny. but like this is so true because when I used to go to El Salvador, that's where you know my my ancestors are from, and heritage, I, my heritage. So like every summer when I was sent over there as a kid, like the money I would got, like I would get like twenty bucks, but like that shit would like last me like days, and I would get like a lot of things, you know. So I got it. Like when I was like, that's so real, it's crazy, you know. <laughs> I remember when I was drinking age, and I used to go over there and like drink buckets of like alcohol for like six bucks. When Scotty throows the, the waiter a nickel. He's like, a nickel! I'll make my own hotel! And he slaps him. I love that. I love that the first time. I still love it now. Super oh, funny. Oh, no, it's always funny. You know, it's always funny. Because, like, yeah, that's a true one. Uh, one thing I... Another one I read here, I, I'm doing my research. That actor was so scared to slap uh, the other actor. Because I guess in their country, whatever the actor's country was, it was like he didn't understand it. So they had to explain to him in America, like a pimp slap, what it was. And the disrespect it is, and then in that scene, how he was trying to be disrespectful to his boss. Oh, you know, I didn't but, know that. But it was such comedy gold, you yeah. know, like five cents. He's like, I'll build my own hotel. I'm a like, nickel. Yeah. You see this? I'll make a name for myself. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, after that, though, after that, they end up in their all bougie attire. They go to the Slovakian dance club. And that's where we hear Scotty doesn't know. Yeah. Like, international tech, I love that version. European we got to get it. Yeah. And they start drinking their absinthe. Have you drank absinthe? I had the bootleg one. The bootleg one. Tell yeah. me about it. I think we got it before, like during high school. We had to, you know. So like being stupid kids, you know, it's like fuck yeah, I'm gonna drink a shitload of these, and hopefully I see that green fairy. Nah, that should never happen. They're drinking the absinthe. Everyone's getting wild. Guess what happens? The twins are making out with each other. My God, the worst twins ever. So after all the craziness that happened in Bratislava, they somehow make their way to Berlin. He's ready to meet Mika. He knocks on the door. Mika's not there. Oh, my goodness. Heartbreaker. Heartbreak. He's, he goes all the way from Ohio to Berlin. She's not there. Where is she? Riding on the metro. <laughs> Shout out to Berlin. <laughs> 
Well, the, the, there's another bit too in this. Like, you know, he goes there. The father is the one who tells him, like, "Yo, she's not here." But in the background, they have her little brother. Oh you know, this nice my goodness, Aryan brother! And like the bit there where he, you know, starts, you know, he's coloring in the background, and then he gets a black marker, and you know, they're German. He does a little blood. bit of a pencil mustache, yeah. right? Yeah. He starts doing a certain type of walk, reminiscent of a of a certain dictator, right? Yeah, and all in the background. It's just funny, and like I was surprised that that was still in the trailer. You like, remember that in the trailer, yeah, you know? No, oh, not like the whole sequence, but you know, there are pieces of. I remember him like drawing it, like the mustache that was in the trailer too. So different times, bro. Different times. So all hope seems to be lost now. Scotty's in Berlin, but Mika's not there. They have no more money. But guess what? Jamie comes to save the day. He sells his camera. He gets the whole squad out of Berlin to Rome. They sneak into the Vatican. And they ring a bell, and it's like, oh, no, the Pope's dead. So everyone who's there is like, oh, no, the Pope's dead. And then this smoke comes out because this— That's like, a sign that the Pope has been chosen. Yes, and then somehow through, like, crazy suspension of disbelief, yeah. Malf, <laughs> Scotty ends up being the Pope, the quote-unquote Pope, while the actual Pope is watching it from a TV. Yeah. He spots Mika, like, from his, his, like, viewpoint. Mika! He strips off his clothes. And it's like Mika's like, I don't even know who you are, yeah. right? Yeah, she's like, who the it's fuck like, is fuck. this? But then he explains the whole story to her, the whole movie, and how he's there to win her heart. And you know how it goes, bro. They consummated their pen pal relationship mm-hmm. the only way they could in a confessional booth. Naughty, naughty. And Jamie gets approached by Arthur Fromer, and then he gets like recruited to be a European guide because he was so knowledgeable. I used to work at a library, and I used to think the Fromer books were fake. But no, Fromer's travel books are actually no. real. <laughs> yes, and they would have a whole section. So every time I would see a Fromer's travel book, I'd always think of Eurotrip. Damn, I only thought AAA made books. No, no, there's a lot. There's a lot. And uh, Dewey Decimal System, that's around the nine tens. Nine no one cares. <laughs> hey, having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. Hashtag library boy. <laughs> so yeah, that's what happens. It ends kind of with... Jamie staying in Europe. They end up being roommates, Mika and Scotty, mm. at medical school. It, it turns out very happy for everyone. Now that we saw it again after so long, like what did you take away from it this time? Did it age well? Ooh, that's a really good question. <laughs> I don't know. I would say like if I saw it today, it would be like a subpar comedy. It still had great bits, like especially the ones we were talking about, but all around together. It's a simple story. It's nothing too crazy. You know, like nothing too, too wild, but for today's age, I would say that you couldn't make this movie. You don't think you can make this film today? No, you think you can? I think the the central story, yes, you can for sure. Some of those those gags, those mm-hmm. bits, they have to be removed, updated, amended, or just omitted By entirely. Which one? Well, we got the Nazi little kid goose-stepping right there. I, I'm <laughs> sure it is. I'm sure it's funny. Uh, That's funny. It's been done before. Yeah. Well, talk a little bit about that. Some of these writers are actually the writers from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. And, uh, and that's with Larry David. He is of Jewish descent. Mm-hmm. He loves making fun of this stuff. So, two of the writers, I believe, are Jewish as well. Don't quote me for sure, but I believe two of them are. But the thing is, like, you brought Curb, which is perfect because Curb had an episode kind of similar to that. They had a bit in there where they had a kind of Nazi-ish in there where one of the 
Larry David was dating a woman whose son was flamboyant and wanted to like make fashion. I know, I know, I've seen this one. Yeah, yeah. You so know? He, ha- he has a swastika little <laughs> pillow. Yes, yeah, yes. you know. So like, they're on the terms of theirs. Like, I think you could keep it, right? Like, it wasn't. They're not saying too much about it. They're just alluding to, you know, the, the history, history, the past of history. It. Yeah, no, yeah, you know, like I, I couldn't make this movie because, like, that's why it's so hard. Like, all these, what you're bringing up, I'm feeling is like more of that PC vibe. You know, like you can't do that with these movies. That's why I think that there hasn't been any like really, really memorable comedies in like the last five years. Memorable raunchy comedies? I'm saying comedies, even raunchy comedies, like comedy in general is just like nobody's pushing the button. What about you? You mentioned this one, Good Boys. I we were mentioning it off the air. I thought for me that was one of the most memorable comedies, but like that's because it like it, I related a lot to it because you know we were stupid young boys doing stupid shit and like and that's written by Seth Rogen. Yeah, so he he has the same kind of like I feel like the mindset or like kind of like grown up the same way we were, you know, doing stupid shit, and like that's why I feel like everybody's scared. Like even there, we don't have any more raunchy comedies anymore, bro. What happened to them? Like I, they just died out of nowhere. Well. That's where you come in. <laughs> I couldn't do it. They wouldn't let me. <laughs> they wouldn't like let you. Like you said, like they, that's why I'm saying you can't make this movie today. It would be like a PG-13. You'd have to water it down too much. And like the bits are what keeping the movie float. So now if you delete which bits I think you're go- wanting to delete from this, then the movie just goes a little bit lower. Like, you know, it was at a B, but if, I think if you saturate that movie, it's a, it's a C, man. And like, I don't think you could do it. That's why you don't, people don't make comedies like this anymore. Interesting, interesting debate. Is this where we're going to end it? I think so. so. Jinx! (laughs) And that's going to conclude today's episode of Movies We Were Way Too Young to See. We hope you had a blast listening. We always have a blast recording these. Questions, comments, anything like that, feel free to email us at malvandmogli at gmail.com. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. If you listen on Apple, we would greatly appreciate a five-star rating. And one more thing. Follow us on social media, will ya? At Malv underscore N underscore Mowgli. Anything else, Malv? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.